Just a little uh, nostalgic memories that you might have of your initial playing days. Uh, what kind of hours did you put in or even put in now for practicing your instrument? Oh, I asked my mom. She knows. <laughs> I just locked myself up till I was hungry. Okay. And I just, I just be sticking in there, just practicing, and then. And practice on uh, what? Did you kind of? I just had a guitar, and I just practice on that guitar, and I still have that guitar. That guitar has traveled with me all over the world. It's, it's all the best, biggest songs I've written have been on that guitar. So my, it's there. I still use it. It's, it's, it's such a great feeling to have a guitar. When I was in school, you know, in the latter half of my school, and I still use that guitar, and it's. Uh, but uh, so i i have put a lot of time be- behind my guitar playing because at one time look i've reinvented myself like some this is my fifth time i'm reinventing myself as a singer performer at this point but i start started off as a guitar player i wanted to be the top guitar studio guitar player and i thought i got there because i didn't need anyone to tell me you got there and when i got there i just got fed up and i gave it up so i said okay now what next so let me start doing jingles so from nothing you know i've I've done practically every brand in this country. So as a jingle composer, and there's a pop music producer again from nothing to, to you know, all the biggest pop acts in the country. Correct. And then as a band from nothing to, you know, Colonel Cousins has won the Billboard Awards in Las Vegas. We have won the MTV Awards in New York. We are the only Indian band to do MTV Unplugged. The real one that's in in London with Seal one day and and George Michael another day. So at that time when when the real MTV Unplugged was on in the world, so that's so that's the only time only Indian act that's been there. And and for me, all these moments are are, are really fantastic. But the kind of practice that I put behind it uh, is important because as a young musician, if you don't practice, I feel if you don't practice your craft, you're never going to get there. You're going to be half baked. And when I wanted to be a, a, like a top sessions guitar player, I, I put my heart behind it. It's after that that I've stopped playing guitar. So as a composer, I just like moved on and right. I don't really practice my craft anymore. I don't really play. But when I was young, actually, because, you know, uh, you, you must be knowing um, Jackie, who who's a very good producer. Yes. And, and I know Jackie as a little boy. I'm a dinosaur. <laughs> yeah. So Jack, Jackie's dad and my folks... They've known each other, so he used to come home. And one day he came, and I was just playing the guitar, and he waited to ring the bell. He was about to ring the bell, and he stopped. And he heard this guitar playing, and he, he kind of stopped in his tracks, and he waited. Then he rang the bell, and he, and he saw me open this. You're playing the guitar. Tu bhi So like, so okay, I played it for him. He said, "This is really cool." And he's a guy who actually called me for my first recording. Really? So yeah, Jackie's dad is is the guy who gave me the first break in as a guitar player in the studios, and then he kind of made me his. Well, they used to call them sitting musicians. That means uh, whenever you present to a client or to a producer or director, they didn't have recorded music or loops and stuff like that. There were no computers, so there would be one harmonium, one tabla, one dholak, one guitar, and a bunch of three, four guys who would be your band, and then you go with that band. To the producers' houses oh. to play for them and hope to get a film. So you know, bichua, dunkamare, jinga, chakching, jinga. I'd be there every Sunday morning. I'd, I'd land up. And were, you, then, were you paid for these sessions? Or no, it no, not till we got a gig, okay. not till we got a recording to do. But 
we just went for the passion of it and and there was so there was one dholak player and there was me on guitar and his dad would play harmonium and every morning he say jackie uncle ko diminished scale baja baja ke bata and there's this little jackie with his accordion and he is amazing he was so so good when he was so little i knew he was going to like definitely play super and and i'm so happy to see that he's mm-hmm. really you know got where he's got to but his dad actually uh, kamal kant that's his, his dad's name who actually gave me a lot of breaks and then you know i'd just be hanging with him for trying to get we we i mean i've gone to so many producers houses nobody has a clue that i've been to yash you know yash chopra's house and pam auntie has been sitting there in the morning all woken up and like here comes bichua dankwari <laughs> with his acoustic guitar and one tabla one dholak and one harmonium early in the morning man yep so you've seen almost to, all sides of yeah i used to play in a in a in a band called blue diamond orchestra Okay. Also, Marathi guys say orchestra. They can't say orchestra. So, Blue Diamond Orchestra was a, a a band that was from the fisherman colony in Mahim, and uh, we used to play everywhere from you know Dharavi, uh, which is uh, Vardarajan was the big gangster mm-hmm. in those days, and his Ganpati was like big deal. So we got to play there. I'd play in you know Satpati, Umbargaon, Palghar on the station, uh, on the on a pandal on the road and ganpati you know festival and i'm playing guitar with my teeth like jimmy hendrix with the marathi song <laughs> yeah i've been there done all that stuff so um yeah i've played at a very very grassroots level of india so i, I understand what indians like and don't like and you know, hotels i believe oh. yeah i mean then i graduated to to playing at, at five star hotels which was at, at the obroy uh at um, it was uh, a band called shabaka and we played at the cafe royal uh, every night except sundays so that was great because we were one band that got sunday off yeah most bands had monday off so on a sunday off i could go and listen and i actually you know whatever money i earned i'd go go listen to another band i'd go somewhere else and you know because i knew somebody played guitar well somewhere or somebody was playing you know some very good musician in another band somewhere and actually go spend my money in another five star hotel trying to on a sunday evening 1980 this is very interesting because today you don't have a musician one musician going to somebody else's gig to learn it's the only way to do it man there's no other way because how will you you know everybody tells me oh you know have you heard aditya mehta he's damn good he's awesome he's okay but your awesome may not be my awesome mm-hmm. until my eyes and my ears don't tell me what it's all about I can't believe it. So for years, I've bought, I've bought so many albums. I've supported the whole music system. I've bought music from all over the world. I buy it to listen to it. So once I know it, then I make. I don't allow anyone to judge my work. I mean, they all have their own judgments, but the final judgment is really me, and I I try not to fool myself. So if I'm not good and it's not good, uh, you know, I'm there. I think, you know, my family, my wife's pretty critical. uh sometimes hari can be a bit critical but beyond that i have not really everybody says acha hai bura hai but i said i know how good i am and how bad i am so okay. i ha- i have to be my own judge and and i and i try my best to to be kind of critical about myself but not kill myself in that criticism because i know my what i really want to do is too far up there and you know i've seen uh unfortunately uh, some of the better musicians are already gone by the time i was born so 
it's it's so funny that we keep talking about better musician and actually we are not even close to what they used to be and they played live and you know with computers we can't seem to get what they were doing when they were playing live because they just played that's all they did you know nothing else and my dad didn't want me to get into playing live because in those days um a lot of musicians were into you know drinking or into womanizing drugs was not such a big thing yet at that point so the wine women and song you know connection is there and i'm really lucky i didn't get into the wine or the women because song is the only thing i stuck to and i'd come at, at the obroy uh, we'd start at 8 o'clock so i would come by 5:30 in the morning you know in the evening okay. uh, because the restaurant be closed oh. so the it's only a dinner place so they so we come on at 8 so generally everybody would walk in by 7 7:15 7:30 you know get ready and then 8 o'clock you're on i'd be there at 5:30 with my guitar plugged in and, and trying things out and playing and so now when i look back i mean I, i have spent so much time you know behind the craft uh of what i do for myself and i think you know as young musicians if if they don't spend that time just because you love it and for no other reason then you have to work damn hard it's not like i haven't worked hard but i've enjoyed my journey I'm saying here you'll be struggling with your journey because you need to practice that and you need to practice. And I'm saying I'm just practicing because I love it. So the more you you start loving what you do and do it because you love love it, I think that that itself just puts you notches above. But you know. it's it's very apparent in your entire kind of productions that you've churned out over all these years, and you've only upped the level with every kind of you know release. Yeah, it just depends. Okay. See, if you listen, to, if you listen to Colonial Cousins, you know the first album. It's it's one hell of a musical album. You know, it's damn cool. But if you listen to the second album, the way we do it, it's a kick-ass production album. But if you're a musician, you probably hear it. But if you're Amjanta, you can't tell the difference. I mean, but as a musician, when you hear the second album and you hear the production, I'm talking about 1998 when it got released. We worked on it through 97, 98. It's just. I'm still haven't heard anything like that. I'm not saying we are better, worse. I'm better. I'm bad, bad. No, I'm just saying um, everybody's got the technology, and that's the thing with the computer. It, you know, it gives you all the tools. So what are you going to do with it? So first, you need to have it in your head what you want to do with it, because the computer is like that. You know that uh, in Aladdin, it says that genie. You know, you just rub the thing and it does whatever you want. The computer is like that. is like a jadugar he can do whatever you want but you must know what you want otherwise you're going to have to follow what the computer tells you and then you become the slave and my point is you at no point must you become the slave of the computer the computer must be your slave to do that you must know your stuff so today i can sit in a mixing session with anybody all the youngest kids and i can rattle off all the technology stuff whether it's plugins whether it's you know and then what to do with those plugins and how to use them and and you know so at my age actually i should be like a dinosaur but i'm still <laughs> with the with the you know with the latest technology i'm sitting in i'm you know when pro tools 11 came out their first seminar was in in i think los angeles or something 
it was at like 11:30 in the night but i registered and i sat there all night watching it because that was my interest because nobody told me to do it but then i want to know what pro tools has gone to 11 and what are they doing are they and they you know are they upping the audio game or are they just becoming one more daw that's you know in the mass so i mean the only way to do it is to actually sit there and find out for yourself that's fantastic uh young musicians today like you rightly said have software uh hardware whatever and they want a quick uh, i mean they want to take a shortcut to success by releasing you know something on youtube and here and there and right. but then obviously like through your journey anybody can understand that it's a lot of hard work people only see the success side they don't see you know what has gone behind any message you'd like to kind of convey to them that i think you just got to do a lot of work everybody thinks that i you know i released my first song it's got to be a hit and every artist i've produced i've said you know wait for at least your third album before you start becoming some sort of hit some of them were lucky the hits came much earlier but i'm saying that unless you do work and you and the more work you do and the more work you do and the more work you do somewhere it's going to work and then you're going to be like this person who's got that hit song but if you look at everybody who's got a hit song there's a 90% chance of all those guys they've got a lot of work behind them before that hit came out and you'll be surprised you know where all i mean you look at a band like u2 and how much they've toured the usa as as some band <laughs> just playing night after night now then you become u2 then oh man u2 okay cool but it's not you look at the beatles they didn't just become the beatles because they got signed on they they were playing in liverpool they're playing in hamburg they were playing in in in, in bars every night till forever so they're doing four five six hour sets you know playing for four hours five hours so stamina to perform all that develops by just by doing 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 and then somewhere it comes off so i i think especially the younger musicians i i just i find everybody stopping at oh i charge so much or if i don't get paid so much then i am not really interested or that's one side of it the other side is like i don't do this kind of music that's not my style i'm saying what is your style you haven't got it yet so i i my my thing is like just do everything that comes you know especially uh, you know if you do things when you're young and you want to do it because it's not about the money and just be there and just say just kind of just be available to do at any time land up you know can i play this part should i add this you know after some time they will take you into the inner circle and that's when they'll open the vault for you then you can pick out your diamonds from there but otherwise that vault is never going to be opened I mean, look at the biggest sound engineers you know the biggest mixing engineers they were all t boys when in, i was mixing in india no i'm i'm talking about I, even in india yeah. i mean they all work at, as you know shantanu hurlikar works at heads um, uh yashar studios yes i've seen him working like a young boy rocking his ass off all night no sleep no you know all kinds of things he's gone through like and then he stuck to his belief that i want good sound i'm not willing to just you know make it with any type of equipment and i need better equipment and you know so he's you know he's fought his way up there's farad dadi bajor i'm not taking all names i'm just showing you how people have started off you know with 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 much less than what they have now but they worked their way up to it because they believe that this is what it should be i mean you look at vijay dayal at at uh, yes sir at yashraj 
he's come up from like being an assistant somewhere where tape operator but by being a tape operator you're a sidey guy who nobody cares about and then all the secrets are being spoken in front of you and that's when you get to hear and then you realize why that sounds better than this or oh this is the trick so same with mixing engineers even in the west they they were like tea boys i mean when i was um mixing in london the assistant guy would say hey man can i get you some tea uh, you want some lemon or you want some honey and which engineer goes and makes tea for you here in any studio i'm not saying they have to go and make tea but they don't have the humility to do that it's a it's an indian problem ki mai seat hu and i am in this position and that guy because we have a lot of labor no so to mm-hmm. so we kind of delegate the work down but i'm saying if you want to be the star then you got to work at it so even as a musician you must have kind of traveled in i have carried local gear, trains and everything i mean i've done it all there was a band uh, uh, you know called ebony and gassi rick was the guitar player steve sequera was playing da- drums charles brito was bass and loy mendonsa was playing piano and i was the roadie i would just because i was just wanted to learn guitar and i just loved music i'd be carrying the speakers around and you know just the helper loader type hamali hamal that's it and then one day i remember i picked up a 50 kilo fender twin reverb and put it onto a truck by myself and they said what are you doing and i said no i'm tough i can do it till today i pay a price for my back for that really yeah so it's gone but i had to show off that hey you need don't worry i'm here i needed them to feel comfortable so yeah. that they would let me you know hang around and if i was if they're in a good mood i could pick up a cowbell and just play along with the drummer or something and you know so just to be, become inclusive is because when you become inclusive is when you learn it's like any family when you're close to the in close inside the family you know all the family secrets but when you're outside you're being shown something else it's the same thing here i mean uh, you know there's a boy who's come from chennai who's uh, i've never worked with any assistant i've never had an assistant i've never i've programmed all my stuff myself i've composed everything myself i've arranged everything myself and i've practically recorded everything myself and mixed everything myself but now there's more stuff happening and i'm like i want to focus on other things so i've got like this young engineer and, and he's come and all he does he sits next to me when i'm programming and i'm not used to anybody sitting next to me but for some reason i don't feel hassled normally if somebody else is there i'm hassled and i i rather they go out of the room and i'll program because i like to dance when i'm programming i like to do my i, I want to know how what will make the people move you know so certain bass lines certain grooves I, you know i i have a body language which i i let myself a little loose it's in the genes yeah probably yeah yeah it's because it's about dance you know whether it's slow or fast i mean and this guy never doesn't seem to bother me half as much it's just because he's not he's he's so sidelined but at the same time uh probably i'm a lot older now so i'm a little slow because at one time i was like programming i was fast but like over the years you don't want i stopped programming many years back and uh now when i i mean i still program but I, it's not like as fast as i used to be because i don't drive, it's like i don't drive every day so i'll say oh the sound what happened to the sound so you press record button oh okay okay something what happens so that output is routed to 3 and 4 should be on the stereo oh okay he's watching over my shoulder and he's watching every move so one mistake i make i know i'm being watched but that's the way he gets me through so i don't mind him sitting around now and he's come in as an assistant engineer to my engineer i'm actually considering keeping him 
full time just because he's damn interested in what he's doing he's learning and i'm i'm saying damn good because he's not bothering me he's actually being of some help to me and now this couple of months this one month that he's here he says man i've learned so much in programming that i would never have learned anywhere else which is great i never sat and taught him anything all he's doing is watching correct and he's being attentive and he never asked me any questions actually but he's 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 figuring it out and if he i guess if he wants to know something he'll ask me not while i'm working so in that way see because he's become inclusive i've let him know to how i'm really doing things and and i think all young musicians you know if you do that and and not chase that money syndrome no that that's the biggest problem and and nobody wants to apprentice and and i think that's one of the biggest problems that you can't learn your craft by yourself you have to learn your craft from somebody who's experienced and who senior who's been through the that journey and when you feel like i got a computer and i can write a i can compose a tune so i'm a composer great you know you are a composer but now compose three jingles every day different ones each one better than the other hopefully that's the idea and see how you're going to cop out because you don't have the stamina nor do you have the the skill set to understand why you should do this and why not because you got the next one coming up which is like that it's it's just learning with with senior people and i learned a lot you know as i was louis banks as assistant as a as a young as a guitar player so probably louis and i were the only like we were just two of us we were like this jody that just you know when television started uh, i was programming for him i was playing guitar for him i was his assistant i never composed he composed but i did help in all, and i learned so much because i was actually in charge of the recording mixing i just got my hands full on you know what i'm saying every day three jingles every day two jingles three jingles daily like he'd seven o'clock in the morning we would be at my gate with his car and i'd dump all the gear in and then we'd go to the studio and then take all the equipment up three floors set up all the gear plug all the cables in wires set up start record finish by 10 o'clock unpack all the cables wires pack everything into the boxes go to western outdoor set up everything play again for the next jingle finish by 4 o'clock 5 o'clock head out and get to bombay lab probably and do another set and this every time we're plugging in stuff taking out it's like setting up completely to a new studio no it's like setting up all your equipment there it's all hardware so synthesizers guitars cables pedals wires i mean and three four times if you had a fourth jingle then you'd like be doing it at like 10 o'clock at night and sunny sound till 2 in the morning so that's it the more you do the more you learn but at your age you can probably burn you know your candle at both ends i've done a lot of it i've like lived in a studio for years and years and and probably that's why i want to like now get out and and be the singer performer i i want to be because i want to pick up my guitar and play my songs to the people like i i was when i was 18 so i just want to go back and say hey this is what i was and this is what i am really so you want to see the the real side of me i'll show you it was really wonderful talking to you lesley and the amount of inputs that you shared i'm sure there's a lot more that we can i mean you can go on we will in another part sure but uh, wish you all the very best in your fifth avatar of <laughs> singer performer and yeah it's, it's strange no guitar jing guitar 
player, jingle, composer, pop music producer, band, Colonel Cousins, and then now singer-performer. And it's, and I haven't, I think I haven't been as excited. I've been excited every time because I remember when Pari Hume came, I was like seriously excited because I took a whole month off and I was doing like two jingles a day. And I told my manager, I said, I don't want to hear J of jingle. And a whole month I took off and I said, I'm going to do this one album. And <laughs> it, it was we, we excitement. And, and I think with Colonial Cousins, I was like seriously excited. I th- with every stage, I remember, even with Coke Studio, when I started Coke Studio, seriously excited about it. Probably because if I wasn't excited, I couldn't stay up like for 40 days. Yeah, yeah. And I can feel the same excitement now. I'm just ready to, you, you got five minutes, I'll sing you a song kind of thing. You know what I'm trying to say? <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, I'm like ready. You want to hear my song? <laughs> it's like when I was 18, I was 15, 16, I was like, check my new song out. You want to hear a song? I'll play the song. See, I just wrote this song. In fact, it's, it's so cool. I, I just, I did a gig in Gauhati. Uh, I did one Bhuvaneshwar for the NH7 weekend uh, uh, pre-blast. and uh, So I did something Gaha- uh, Bhuvaneshwar and then Gauhati. And on my way back from Gauhati, uh, I, I, I wrote a song on the plane. And then I went to Delhi for the next gig. And I said, hey guys, I've just written a song. Do you want to hear it? And they all said yes. And I sang that song. It's called Falling Rain. Uh, and um, what a... Ten days after that, I did another gig in Delhi, and the sound engineer is telling me he happened to be land. He landed up in the in the the next gig in Delhi, and he was helping with the sound. He was one of the guys. Said, Sir, hello, Hari, you are here. Sir, आप वो गाना गाने वाले हैं ना? कौन सा? Sir, आपका वो rain वाला गाना? Sir, wow, you know, you compose something on a plane, you get to Delhi, you perform it, and ten days later, after the whole set, whatever you've done, the guy remembers that one song. So you know that people are listening and they're looking for something fresh and they're looking for something that they haven't really heard or they haven't felt before. I think it's something, they're looking for something they haven't felt before. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what I can bring on board is the, is the feeling. Great. Again, it was wonderful talking to you. And thank you. Thank you for your time. Thanks, Les. Pleasure.